Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and sitting right next to me is my brother, Tommy. How's it going, Tommy? I'm good. How are you? And joining us once again is our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram. It's Richard. How's it going, Richard? It's a beautiful day in America, isn't it, folks? Absolutely. Hell yes. It's, a, it's been an amazing weekend to celebrate. Uh, I haven't done this yet, but uh, uh, I, I'll tell you this, Richard. Uh, so, you know, I last uh, last December, I got a, a bottle of a little bit of bubbly, Chris Jericho's champagne, and I haven't opened it yet. I've been waiting for a reason to open it, you know, something to celebrate. I thought I was going to celebrate maybe in February and the Niners went to the Super Bowl. Of course, they didn't win, unfortunately. So it's been sitting in the fridge the whole time. So I think at some point I was going to do it yesterday, but got busy watching uh, AEW's pay-per-view. So I didn't have time. But at some point in the coming days, I want to open it and finally drink it and celebrate for uh, what happened in America <laughs> a couple of days ago. So uh, very exciting stuff. But uh, here we are back at it for another week of In A Click. Please uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube as well. We appreciate all the continuous support from you guys and the Clicksters. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first things first, just some little bit of quick uh, clickbait news. So th- towards the end of the week, it was officially announced that Survivor Series is going to be a farewell to The Undertaker. Very fitting. It's the 30th anniversary of his debut in WWF back at uh, Survivor Series 1990. And uh, uh, so... When the official announcement came out, I mean, there's rumors a couple weeks ago. I mean, even earlier this year, I think a lot of people started speculating with uh, after the the last ride wrapped up as far as new episodes on the WWE Network. A lot of people were speculating what's next for The Undertaker. Is he going to have some form of retirement, goodbye ceremony? And a lot of people were connecting the dots and be like, it would make sense for him to do something at Survivor Series. It's the 30th anniversary of his debut as The Undertaker. Uh, unfortunately, with the pandemic, I think a lot of people were kind of questioning if something was going to actually happen or not. Well, now this week, WWE made it official and uh, they're going to do like a farewell party. I don't know. So what's the right term? But Tommy, so you have 
the press release that was up at WWE.com. So yes. go ahead and read like just that first paragraph from their website. It says here, uh, uh, Undertaker's final farewell will recognize the Phenom's legendary 30-year career at Survivor Series on Sunday, November 22nd, streaming at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the award-winning WWE Network. Cool. So, Richard, just kind of your thoughts on this. I mean, for me, I- I'm glad that they're going to do something at Survivor Series to honor not only the 30th anniversary of his debut, but it looks like they're going to officially do like this farewell. I don't know if you want to call it a retirement party. Uh, I still think they're going to wait and do something probably bigger at a future date, maybe at a WrestleMania when a crowd is able to be there in person. But just kind of your thoughts on just this announcement for The Undertaker. I, I think it's it's well-deserved. Um I would I would think let me know what you think about this that if they did some sort of uh, Undertaker award for the Hall of Fame mm. induct him in the Hall of Fame but also have something uh commemorating him you know like like the Warrior Award mm. Okay I'm trying to what kind of award could it possibly be like you, like it, a leadership it, type award cuz he was always leader. like yeah cuz he was always that and not have you, you could have it be something that's not every year even you know what i mean like like it's only for selected people but it's an mm-hmm. honor to get that award yeah okay uh, uh i'm trying to think I, hmm. I i i think this is like the first step i mean they're doing what a, a different episode of the the road to undertaker or whatever every <laughs> yeah. single day it's it's and i'm watching all of them they're excellent i haven't watched <laughs> the latest one the mortician one um paul bear the story paul bear I, I want to watch that one. Apparently, you know, it debuted this morning, but a lot of people are already uh, praising it. It's cool. I mean, I, I'm a big Paul Bear fan, I and mean, we grew up with him, and he was, you know, his second manager for The Undertaker. So, do you uh, think that he deserves his own Hall of Fame induction night where it's just him being inducted? Wow. I mean, because they, they do stuff like that in Hollywood for. Uh, like a Mark Twain award where they'll give it to a comedian and it's just kind of people honoring him all night and he's sitting there, whoever it is. Hmm. I, well, I think the undertaker going into the hall of fame is a bigger deal than your average wrestler based off of 30 years and just yeah. WWE, but then yeah. WCW, WCCW, USWA, Memphis. It's just, yeah. So I, I can I wonder, yeah, I, I think what you said is, is a good point. This could be the beginning of I don't want to say it dragged out, but the beginning of multiple phases of this retirement ceremony, if you want to call it that, it's going to be done in phases. So I think like this farewell is going to be here, and he, they say he's going to be live in person there. So I don't know if he's going to come out to the ring, say goodbye. Is he going to get involved in some capacity? Uh, I. I not looking ahead to to Raw already, just recapping that. But we we saw like Sheamus more or less tell Drew McIntyre like, "Hey, you should come be on Team Raw." And he's like, "Ah, oh, not yet. I got stuff with Randy Orton." Weapon if that fifth and final spot on Team Raw is maybe left for the Undertaker or something. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I I, I don't I think Undertaker is fine not wrestling again per se. Even though in the last ride he did say, "If Vince has an emergency and breaks that glass and calls me, I'll be there." But he said his match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania is fine as far as a last match in WWE. 
Um, I mean, the more I think about it, well, isn't Braun got that spot on the, on Raw? Yeah, so he's the fourth spot. So it's it's so there's one more opening left. So it's AJ, Sheamus, Keith, Braun. So that's okay. four. So there's one more spot open. Sheamus, we saw later in the night, asked Drew, "You should come join us." It kind of goes back. I mean, well, that would be something too for AJ to be the team captain to get the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. That could be interesting. Uh, or even still, just that night Survivor Series. Because remember, like, uh, for a few weeks after WrestleMania, he was kind of like post-traumatic stress. Like, we saw the Undertaker's image. Which, he got us scared. Which we're getting on NXT now, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Camera grab. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, it could be kind of cool if maybe at Survivor Series, Undertaker's there and AJ, like, like freaks out like oh my god you're here like last time i saw you buried me alive and uh but yeah i i think they're probably gonna do something special here he's gonna come out maybe someone's gonna interrupt and he you know delivers another choke slam or something like that something simple maybe they'll have highlights throughout the show i don't know but i i think this is just the beginning of phases to eventually maybe have one big final send-off in front of a big crowd at WrestleMania. So I respect that they're honoring his legacy as far as it's starting at Survivor Series, and therefore they're going to make it a big deal at Survivor Series. But I think at the end of the day, you want to honor him on the biggest stage there is, which is WrestleMania in front of a packed house. Now, granted, when is a packed house going to happen again? Hopefully maybe next year in some capacity. That's yet to be seen. But... um, but yeah, maybe next year he can be the only honoree or, or induction for the Hall of Fame. But the problem is the 2020 class didn't get their official ceremony. And I think they said they're just going to carry over to 2021. They are. So maybe Undertaker could just be added to that and that's it. I don't know. I I, I think for Undertaker, I'm with you. Like With his legacy, he deserves as the, all the bells and whistles Yeah. as far as... You know, maybe at WrestleMania he doesn't like wrestle, but he comes out, takes a bow or a knee, all that stuff. Hall of Fame to go out big for him. Uh, a very similar party, like on Raw, like how Ric Flair got his after the night after Shawn Michaels match. So I, I think there's a this is the beginning of a lot of well, stuff lined up. And if you think about it, if they did his own night for uh, an induction, mm-hmm. kind of just paying tribute to him. Yeah. Uh, where he gives a speech at the end and make it short. Uh, mm-hmm. Think of all the people that could just go up and say some things about him from The Rock, Austin, uh, yeah. the, all the WrestleMania legends, and then him stand alone at WrestleMania because he is, his legacy stands alone for WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the fans get to see him that way, and then they get to see him again on Monday, like you said. So it, yeah. it would be like the most epic of retirements. Yeah. So I, I'm listening. I'm sure we'll probably get more in the coming weeks and i mean obviously we'll watch survivor series we'll review it see how that plays out and then maybe speculate what happens next after that so like i said i think survivor series is just step one of many steps that probably vince wants to go all out and send off Undertaker in proper style and uh it's gonna be interesting like even <laughs> my, my thing though is just playing devil's advocate okay they give him a big send off farewell what happens if next year Two years from now, like Saudi Arabia or whatever has like big money and wants Undertaker again. He wrestles another match. Do you think that will taint some of this? No, th- this, these it did, parties. It, it did did it for Ric Flair. No, exactly. 
No. And and everyone knows. I mean, it's it's common knowledge that the Saudis pay uh, them directly. So it's like you know you're getting a giant paycheck and Rest do in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that's funny thing with Ric Flair is like, you know, that's probably the best comparison to make with Undertaker as far as probably the size of the celebration is, you know, in WWE's lore, the match against Shawn Michaels, that's it. But we all know he had stuff in TNA and did a bunch of other stuff. So uh, for Undertaker, though, I, I mean, it's interesting how this is going to play out and just like what's next. Like I said, I think there's going to be a lot in store that Vince probably. We saw how emotional Vince gets just thinking about Undertaker and talking about him. So, and, sh- and is there like there's not those guys that really deserve that even? Yeah, like like Andre the Giant, Hogan, Flair, and Undertaker. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like in in if you're looking at a giant scope of things like that, then like Austin and Rock are are so far down the totem pole compared to those four, even mm-hmm. though they have such a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, no very interesting just to uh, see what comes out of all this. I- I'm looking forward to it, and uh, Survivor Series is going to be very interesting as well, and we'll kind of get into that. I kind of wonder how this is all going to work with the buildup. So let's just go ahead and jump into Monday Night Raw this week. We'll kind of power through it since uh, a lot happened, but it's continuing to, uh, the, the buildup for Survivor Series this year. It's going to be just Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, no NXT involvement. Makes sense. They don't want that many extra bodies inside the Thunderdome. Don't want to risk, you know, COVID potentially bringing people in who are exposed. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to expose your entire roster in one afternoon for the pay per view. So they're trying to keep it to a minimum as far as the number of superstars in house. Uh, the main thing for this show, as far as let's look at Randy Orton's storyline right now, since he is the current WWE champion, and I'm really digging. I don't know about you guys. I'm digging. The fact that he has like three different challengers coming after him he has Drew McIntyre, who's still coming after him. He claymored him in that opening segment and still says he wants a rematch for that title. You got uh, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, still kind of haunting him. And you see he's very much you know inside the Firefly Funhouse, the elements of their past matches from a few years ago. Alexa Bliss came out to the ring and has like her own gloves now. Um, uh, the, the gloves, uh, uh, it said, um, play and uh, pain, play and pain. Yeah. And so she's kind of like Bray Wyatt's messenger. And I like, she's even starting to get like dreads now. Like her look is like slowly morphing to match Bray Wyatt's or the fiends. And, and then even, uh, uh, when Drew Claymore, Randy Orton, he was laid out there. You saw Miz and Morrison come right now with the money in the bank, and there he was almost teasing the idea of cashing in. So, like I said, he has three different people following Randy Orton. So, Richard, you're just kind of your thoughts on just uh, Randy Orton's current situation right now. I, I think it's more intriguing instead of just dealing with one on one. He has like keep his head on a swivel because he has three different people coming after him. That's that's the job of the champion, mm-hmm. and he should always have multiple heads coming after him. Even if it's for a week, like, the, like yeah. if this doesn't continue next week, it should be someone else. Yeah, there should it shouldn't just be like even even when it was uh, Rock and Triple H in two thousand ish, you still had like Rock going against Val Venus on a random SmackDown or uh, or Hardcore Holly or something, and it's just something different to um to sh- to have every week. Otherwise, it's it's 
Drew and Randy brawling yeah. <laughs> in yeah, the back kind of... and through like a match going on in the ring. And it's like, okay, this is boring. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's exciting because then it gives Randy a lot of layers, even though he's technically a heel champion. It kind of makes it exciting because like that element of surprise. It's like, okay, if he's dealing with one person, he's still got to worry about two other guys coming after him. Tommy, how about you? Just your thoughts on it. Oh, I like it. I think, it, you know, he, the champion always will have a target on his back. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of when, um, like, for example, perfect example, uh, in the mid 80s when Hogan, you know, was at his top. You mm-hmm. know, he had like to worry about Bobby the Brain Heenan in his uh, <laughs> stable of wrestlers like uh, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd. And later on, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. It's yeah. just a s- similar scenario right there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something, you know, all three of us, we love Drew McIntyre. We praise his title run for the majority of this pandemic era thus far. But, you know, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, but he was focusing on one opponent, one challenger at a time, defeats them, goes on to the next person. And we love that. He was dominant. I love that he was a fighting champion, taking on every person thrown his way, but it was always one at a time. So this is a little bit of a different creative standpoint for WWE champion that we haven't seen in a while that he they have multiple people to worry about. So I'm all for that. Uh, I just real quick, uh, uh, Richard, want to ask you just uh, Alexa Bliss's performance this week. In the Firefly Funhouse, they have the swear jar. She cuts. Uh, eventually, uh, she's like, I got a new trick. And Bray, you know, <laughs> puts a gl- uh, uh, hand over her head and her eyes, you know, turn like sadistic. And she's got like, how do they do that? Yeah, red. I don't know. Is it like jelly or blood or some some combination of it? Just it's her tongue. Kind of looked like she was spitting on a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> yeah. Or, or uh, Tommy, what was the things we used to eat? You know, you unravel. And it was like oh um, apple flavor or strawberry flavor like oh the the push up no the candy no. it was like wrapped up and you you undo it and you like almost oh, like a God, long a long remember. tongue I don't remember the name I don't know anyone out there the clicks is out there who grew up in the eighties fruit 80s. by the foot fruit by the foot yeah fruit by the foot that might be it okay maybe yeah it's like a fruit snack. Yeah. Yeah. Fruit yeah. 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 Fruit yeah. by the foot. Okay. Yeah. Fruit by the foot. Good knowledge. Yeah. So I'm digging this. And even later on, when Nikki Cross confronted her and she turned around very much like Michael Jackson in Thriller, yeah. her eyes are, you know, yeah. change. And yeah. I saw a meme, it like, you know, compared to Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars, like <laughs> turning to the dark side. So I'm digging all of this. So it's very cool stuff. Uh, something I want to touch on real quick. We were kind of joking. Uh, via text the other day was this guitar on a pole match between Jeff Hardy and Elias. So all three of us who grew up in the nineties, we immediately made the connection of, uh, uh, bro, bro, Vic <laughs> Venom, Vin- Vince Russo, Vince Russo. Uh, Jeff Hardy did get the win. He eventually did get the guitar, tried to break it over Elias. Didn't break right away, <laughs> but, uh, so he did get the victory. But I think this rivalry is far from over. But yeah, Richard, your thoughts on a, a guitar on a pole match on Raw this week? Well, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but the guitar to the head is my favorite gimmick in wrestling probably ever. So, <laughs> so Jeff, Jeff, Jer- Jeff Jarrett's Jeff very, very high on my list. Yeah. <laughs> slap but, nuts. Yeah. But when it's slap, like... Oh, when he hit Beetlejuice. There, yeah. <laughs> there, oh my God, that was the best. But yeah. uh, I don't know why they're using these hard guitars i know like well like because uh, jeff jarrett was like the silver or grayed out one yeah, and he knew it was like a, like a toy even even when jarrett was in tna like the guitars got cheaper but the the pop was better 
Yeah, like, they put like, yeah. powder in it. And, like, yeah, it was just cheap, cheap wood. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't. It doesn't do it for me when you hit someone in the back with. It. Even when Jarrett would hit someone in the back with it, it just doesn't. You got to hit him in the head. You, you went in the. <laughs> but what about Honky Tonk Man? Didn't well, he, he? He broke Jake the Snake Roberts neck. I was thinking so. about that. You know. Oh, that's right. In the snake pit. Oh my god. <laughs> that was all, man. And that resulted for him getting more addicted to painkillers because of that incident. Well, that's oh, what he re- says. Real? Oh, so it was, it was not kayfabe? Like he legit broke his neck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or he used the excuse to pop pills that's, at that time. That's the excuse. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, listen, you know, it was kind of a, a goofy stipulation for this match. But, you know, for us kids from the 90s, we all, I think, geeked out a little bit with that match. So, like I said, I think the rivalry is far from over. So I'm sure they're going to continue on on Raw this week or whatever. Uh, also, real quick, I just want to touch on so uh, the continuation of adding members to Team Raw for Survivor Series. So we know it's AJ Styles, Keith Lee, and Sheamus so far. And <laughs> they all go to the ring. AJ declares himself captain of Team Raw, which I'm like, I'm okay. Like, AJ Styles is phenomenal. He's you know he's a world champion and you know he's a very uh, decorated champion. He's an ambassador for the WWE, and he's one of the best uh, you know in the company. I'm all for that. Uh, <laughs> even though Keith Lee and Sheamus were a little hesitant, uh, Braun Strowman comes out and wants to be on the team. And then AJ came up with the idea, or or, or excuse me, was it Adam Pierce just said, "All right, if you want on the team, you got to challenge Keith Lee." And Sheamus, and if you win, Braun, you get to be added to the team. So they uh, they fought it out, and Braun shockingly got the victory. Shockingly, uh, I mean, you know, just you know, taking on two on one, kind of a or a triple threat. I guess technically it's a triple threat. But uh, Braun Strowman got the victory. There was a little scary spot I noticed when Keith Lee almost fell on his neck. Like, yeah, yeah, that was on the outer part of the ring there. That was scary. Very so, cringy. Yeah. So, but Braun won. And I like how Braun was trying to shake their hands. He hugged Seamus, but then Seamus kicked him. Mm-hmm. And then Keith Lee uh, started hitting Seamus. And then AJ drop kicked Keith Lee. And then AJ was like, no! Nah! Like, why? <laughs> why? Like, he, like, his team's falling apart. Like, <laughs> to the turmoil. So... This this was one of those matches that reminded me how good Sheamus is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very like, much. So. He, he he can kind of have his plug and play match weekly matches, but like this was this was very good on his part. I mean, Tommy, you and I we were talking earlier, just three big hosses yeah, going at it. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Big hosses, big hoss matches, fighting it out. I mean, it's funny because like Sheamus is the smallest out of three, but Sheamus is a big ass <laughs> dude himself. Oh yeah. And then speaking of Seamus, so we just mentioned it a little bit earlier. So uh, he uh, runs into Drew McIntyre in the hallway backstage and pretty much asks him to join Team Raw. And he's like, uh, I'm dealing with Randy Orton stuff still. I think eventually Drew's going to come around in the next couple of weeks before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And because, like, remember, we talked about it last week, a little bit of a spoiler alert. Someone on Wikipedia put all five members of Team Raw, including at the time Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre before Braun was even added so maybe they already decided Drew was going to be part of the team as well so uh, a little bit spoiler well, alert I mean we before before <laughs> that was even out we on this podcast they got it from this podcast because we said yeah, yeah. that by <laughs> logical deduction that like Braun Strowman would be the other guy on that team based off of like 
it's it, the only two people that would make sense is Bray and Braun, and Bray yeah. doesn't play well with others, so Braun yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and so I, I I want Drew to be on Team Raw because I want him on Survivor Series. I want him to have a presence there. And we know Randy's going to be busy against Roman Reigns. And as you said, the Fiend doesn't get along with others. So he might have a somewhat of a lurking presence at Survivor Series. But so for Drew specifically, I want him on Team Raw just so he has he's part of at least one match. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, just real quick before I forget. So apparently the rumor is, you know, in the last couple of years, Raw versus SmackDown, we see like these invasions. Raw will go up on SmackDown and beat them up. They're all wearing their red shirts. And then the following week, SmackDown people in their blue shirts will invade Raw and beat them up. Apparently, that's not going to happen this year because of, because of COVID. Are, what you're not a fan of that? No, really? How come? It it I don't follow the whole brand supremacy thing. Like, it, there's no stakes. Yeah, like I, I I love the elimination matches in general, but like the fact that there's nothing at stake means nothing that these people are invading. True. And that's why I wish there were some sort of stakes. Like maybe that, 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 or like if you're going to do that, then you need to show up and try to injure the opposing team. So you've got an upper hand going into the match. Yeah. Like I, I think one stake easily for like Team Raw or Team SmackDown, the winner is those five people get like the last five spots in the Royal Rumble or something. Or maybe eventually they all are in a fatal five way for the term, the new number one contender for the like championship. That. You know what I mean? Something basic like that. I mean, it's simple. And that way, like or, what they do. Or, or the surviving members of that team, however yeah. many there are, mm-hmm. get to have a, a championship match. So it could be five, or the, the yeah. five of them Absolutely. plus the champion, a six way or a, a yeah. four mm. way, three way, two way, whatever. Yeah. L- l- let's say, let's say there's two members left. Like, let's just, Hypothetically, say it's Braun and Keith Lee left and Team Raw wins. Yeah, the that's two your them, main event for Raw the next night. Yeah, and they fight each other for the number one contendership for uh, against the champion. Yeah, I'm all for that. Like, work. No, no, no. Neat. I'm I'm saying like like let's say Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are the sole survivors for SmackDown. Yeah. So that following SmackDown, the two of them go up against Roman Reigns. Mm, okay, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all for it's, that. It's something that way you're also promoting your next. TV show exactly, and it writes itself already. Yeah. Like you know, for the writers involved, it keeps it simple. So I'm all for that, and uh, 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 I'm a little bummed because I mean, like you know, that's how the man Becky Lynch was kind of ultimately born. You know, with the bloody nose was yeah. the invasion of Survivor Series. So I mean, I do enjoy those aspects yeah, of it. Well, and don't forget that one time that Natalia grabs Zack Ryder's junk. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. That's, that's the one thing that everyone loves. <laughs> they like isolate. It's like a meme and everything. Yes. Yeah. And Zach's like standing there like, whoa. <laughs> He's like, bro. The cameras are on. <laughs> Josie's going to be mad. Like, <laughs> but uh, 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 So I'm, I'm a little bummed out. But I was thinking, okay, what's the alternative? Maybe what's like a backup plan? If you can't have cross promotions because they're trying to keep the minimal amount of people in the building at any given day because of the pandemic. Like, I don't know, maybe film some pre-segments of... Okay, for example, I'm just jumping ahead. Roman Reigns, you know, on SmackDown, he has an office that him and Paul Heyman work out of. Maybe no, Randy Randy you're, Orton. You're, you're already overthinking this. I know I'm overthinking, but just listen. Like, let's say hypothetically, uh, Randy Orton 
cuts a video and says, you know, hey, I'm here on Mondays. I broke into your office and destroyed it. Maybe so. Maybe they start off SmackDown. Roman walking into his office. He's like, what the hell? Why is my office destroyed? He goes to the ring, says, who did this? And then Randy has a pe- video package and says, this, I did it. And then you kind of builds up the segment between uh, the program between Roman and Randy. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I maybe- say go old school pay-per-view. What's that? With the Survivor Series, you have yeah, you have uh, Caleb Braxton or whoever the backstage interviewer is for that show, Charlie uh, Caruso, mm-hmm. and you have all five members of that team, and they cut promos like yeah. they used to, yeah, and and then for the individual matches, so like on Raw and the pay per view, Raw SmackDown and some Survivor Series, mm-hmm. you've got promos going, promos going, promos going, and make it funny and make it goofy and make it crazy and wacky and zany and whatever, yeah. Because that they were always amusing, and that's like where you get all those famous Hulk Hogan promos is from interviews like that with mm. Mean Gene. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I will admit, like, okay, I'm not jumping the SmackDown early again, but Caleb Braxton this week, I kind of like how she was digging into um, uh, with the Jay. Yeah, it was Jay Uso, right? And yeah. she was kind of digging into him and asking some hard hitting questions. I was like. That's kind of like what Mean Gene would have done. Yeah. Like, no offense to the other interviewers, you know, over the last handful of years, but a lot of them are very robotic, and just you could tell they're just Charlie, reading. Charlie does that too. Charlie's an excellent uh, interviewer for WWE. Yeah, exactly. But like, I'm thinking, like, was it Mike, uh, the Mike guy, Rome or no, uh, Rome, Rome? I yeah. mean, he, he's like announcer now, like the ring announcer. But uh, but he did stuff. Like a lot of them were just like very just by the numbers. So. Uh, I, I like when the the interviewer can like put some personality and like call them out on their BS and whatnot and add to the storyline. So uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's many ways you could still build up the rivalry between Raw and SmackDown in this pandemic era. Uh, one last thing on Raw, just real quick. Everyone was talking about Tucker. <laughs> you know, we know him and Heavy and Otis broke up. Heavy Machinery's done. Tucker. Made his appearance on Raw this week in his new look, taking on Ricochet. A lot of people were joking, like he had the slick back hair, baby oil. He had just just some big old pants, like a Tommy Dreamer looking pants. And a lot of people were saying he looked like a jobber from the 90s. I, I kind of laughed, and I, but at the same time, I felt bad. And it just made me question, why'd you break up heavy machinery if this is what you're going to do to him? Yeah. I don't know, Richard, you're, yeah, what'd you think of just Tucker this week on Raw? It's, I mean, he's getting a push. It's like the, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Like it's, it's like, it's like that, you know, that saying every day's a gift, <laughs> but, but my question is, does it have to be socks? So, <laughs> so it's like, he's on TV, but it's that, it's yeah. that look. So, yeah. but, just, but it, it might, it might grow. It might change. I mean, are you really missing at this point, Keith Lee's old, outfit or are you just aren't used to his new outfits i'm used to it the way he dresses yeah i'm used the, the, to the it singlet now. now yeah yeah so, I like, so it. like i like give it. It, i say give it a, a couple weeks and if i'm hating it in a week or two then it, it really is the shits so <laughs> so yeah we'll see how it goes i i just kind of felt bad and like i think a lot of people were anticipating like i mean i know it's only one week but a lot of people are anticipating like oh dude he's done like yeah there's, there's gonna be nothing else lined up for him and obviously otis is on smackdown so they're not going to address it anymore. I think they're just both split and they're done. And even Otis, we'll, we'll get into Otis real quick on SmackDown later. But yeah, so we shall wait and see. All right, let's jump on over to Wednesday night for NXT this week. <laughs> um, 
initially going into it, like I was reading online or I was listening to uh, our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited, the, they reported a story that apparently like Triple H and the creative team didn't have much lined up for this episode of NXT, uh, even though it was the Fallout episode from Halloween Havoc. But because of the the election, the presidential election on Tuesday, and they assumed that a lot of news and carryover was going to happen on Wednesday, they didn't want anything major to happen on NXT this week from a story standpoint because they just were worried. Not like people were going to be watching this week. They're all going to be watching CNN or other news channels just following up on the, the presidential election. Uh but nonetheless, so going into it, my uh, expectations were extremely low, but I was really impressed. I, I still enjoy NXT this week. Uh, Tommy, what were your kind of your thoughts on NXT? Um, it, I thought it was a great show. I thought, um, you know, what really stole the show for me was just Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah, Pat McAfee. And I thought there was a lot of great wrestling this week. Richard, how about you? Just kind of your initial just takeaways from uh, NXT this week. It was it was the most entertaining show in wrestling this week. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I I enjoyed all the segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I there was plenty of matches. Yeah. Um. Now I I got a question. I'm going to jump ahead for you. Okay. Did Cameron Grimes tap out because he was in pain or he was afraid of the referee? Oh, Definitely afraid of the, the referee. referee. Yeah, the referee. <laughs> totally. no, absolutely. So, okay, let's go down real quick. Uh, Dakota Kai got a big win over Ember Moon to start off NXT, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, the women's division is stacked. I mean, this is Dakota Kai, Ember Moon going at it. We also saw video packages from Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai both calling each other out mm-hmm. and challenging each other. So Rhea Ripley is going to be EO's looks like next opponent for the NXT Women's Championship. Awesome yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Dakota Kai snuck out a victory over Amber Moon, who's back on NXT now. Like I think it was their second match. So back with with them. So awesome match up there. Great opening match for them. Um, so yeah, jumping ahead. So Cameron Grimes backstage doing an interview, and he keeps like looking around, like he's like paranoid. And the interviewer's like, "You okay?" And he's still just. Dealing with the post-traumatic stress of Halloween Havoc in that matchup. So see of Dexter Loomis. <laughs> and the ref, who was the zombie at the, the uh, Haunted House match, he comes walking up and he's like, ah! And he starts running away. And then he has his match against... <laughs> from from the moment the, in the match, the referee came out. Yeah. Like, the referee even looked timid, like, should I be the one doing this? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I, I agree. So, uh, him and Kushida go at it. and It was a great match. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, Kushida, obviously, he's one of the best technical wrestlers on NXT. And, great submission specialist. And Cameron Grimes. Listen, I know he comes off very comedic or whatnot, but he's a he's a badass in the ring himself when he's a, he yes. when he great needs worker. To, yeah, he's a great worker. So this was a great match, and then yeah, Kushida puts the lock in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the Bay Area Zone, Tom Caster, uh, referee from the Bay Area, he takes two ref bombs. Oh yeah, falls outside, and then the other ref, uh, the, the the zombie ref, classic bump ref. And I love that he comes out, and you know, for him, it's just business as usual like he's like what's wrong with you like for him he has like no recollection uh uh recollection of uh what happened at halloween havoc so camera grimes like the only one that's afraid of this ref and so he comes out and uh kushida has the lock on camera grimes and cameron's just like i think 
as you said, like he was just scared of the ref being there, so he immediately tapped out. Like I want to get away from him. He so. just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, so I, I love it. So I wonder how much longer this post traumatic stress is going to last for. Is going to last through the month of November? Uh, is going to be like an ongoing? Maybe it could be like an ongoing joke. So every time he sees that ref, he's always going to be scared. It could be like the middle of March. Yeah. And he's going to be scared of that rap. So, um, also, uh, our, our, our new favorite tag team in NXT, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, <laughs> come out with their, with I, their I, amazing. I love that music. That should, that should be the I opening to this show. I can't whistle. But I could do the dance. Yeah. Oh, man. William just turned off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Does he hate it? He hates whistling. Oh. Oh All God. right. We, we, we won't whistle anymore. Yeah, we won't whistle. Uh, uh, taking on Everrise, a rematch from a couple weeks ago. Uh, ended in no contest. But, Richard, I love that Killian Dane pretty much uses Drake Maverick as his own personal weapon and, like, yeah. throws him on Everrise and stuff. So he's like a crash it, test dummy for him. It's very reminiscent of Spike Dudley and ECW with whoever you want to be his tag team partner. Right, right. <laughs> Drake Maverick, the 2020 version of Spike Dudley. I love that comparison. Sure, great comparison. Uh, but yeah, ended in no contest because uh, Pat McAfee and his new faction of Oni and Lorcan and uh, Birch and uh, uh, um, uh, Pete Dunn. They come in like they pu- pull up in the you know the big uh, SUV, mm-hmm. enter through the door, and just walk straight to the ring, beat the crap out of everyone, and then they cut this awesome promo. Uh, you know, just kind of uh, saying like Undisputed Era is gone. I mean, the first one they kind of explained Pete Dunne's action, which perfectly <laughs> summed up what, what we already talked about was, you know, Undisputed Era has been like a thorn in Pete Dunne's side for and years. And everyone's side. Yeah. So Pete Dunne has every right to not align himself with Undisputed Era. Like mm-hmm. he has every right yeah, to beat the crap out of him. It's almost surprising the rest of the roster hasn't joined it. <laughs> Pat McAfee could become the ultimate baby face. He has everyone yeah. in the whole roster Pete on his side. Dunn has that, made this group that's how, yeah. that's how you no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, I I think that's how you could get Undisputed Era on Raw or SmackDown too. <laughs> Run them off. It's not it's not no, it's not safe for them to be at NXT anymore <laughs> because of all the trouble that they've caused. Yeah, it's all coming back to them, the karma. No, yeah. but uh, but uh Tommy, you and I, I mean we really Pat McAfee, I mean, obviously he's great on the mic. He's and, the best heel on NXT. And he was, you know, breaking down, like, you know, the reason why everyone in his group is together and why they hate Undisputed Era. I mean, for Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, like, they felt that they're always being looked over because Undisputed Era took control of everything. Yeah. And it was great. Uh, <laughs> my only thing, though, NXT this week, I don't know about you but guys, but the camera work, I was getting kind of dizzy. Like they were in the ring and it was like constantly like kind of shaking a lot more than usual. I don't know why, but like they're in there talking and they're all trying to jump in front of the camera, but the camera's constantly moving around. So it's like, yeah, stay still. Like, I know you're all trying to celebrate and like, I I think that's partly Pat because typically when someone cuts a promo, they're standing in one place and they're using their arms and Pat's moving around and making them work more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, true. So and it, like, I mean, the camera's on their shoulder. It's not on a tripod or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's something I noticed. Uh, so, but nonetheless, I love this promo. And I mean, you know, we're, we're it's not been officially announced, but we can only uh, assume this is going to lead to a War Games match. So four on four. So uh, any rumors of Undisputed Era 
breaking up. I'm sure that's on hold right now until this rivalry gets taken care of. So we'll shall wait and see how that plays out. Um, also, Tony Storm defeats Shotzi Blackheart, ultimately because of Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae uh, jumped on the screen, had a big truck, and ran over Shotzi Blackheart's little uh, toy tank. I mean, you feel bad for Shotzi Blackheart because that's like part of her gimmick. Um, and she was so torn and upset. Even Tony Storm, after defeating her, was like, are you okay? She was like consoling her. Yeah. So it looks like Shotzi Blackheart and Candice LeRae are far from over. I did laugh, though, Richard, seeing the ghost face <laughs> mask person in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And even earlier in the night, we saw the Johnny Gargano promo from their house. And he's saying, I love wheels. I love wheels and all this stuff. Uh-huh. He's more or less saying, like, listen, I know that I have like a curse of not being able to defeat or uh, defend my championships in the past. I always lose them, but I'm going to break that curse and I'm going to defend this championship and keep retaining the title. So, uh, I, I, so just for you, I, I assume like in the household, when they were in the house, that had to be Candice LeRae wearing the mask. And then the back of the truck, I'm sure it's the opposite. It was role reverse. So it was Johnny wearing the mask. So well, we've um, seen, we've seen three people in one place. Yeah. So, uh, I I think it's probably Indy Hart Hartwell. There's it speculation Hartwell? it could be her. Yeah, yeah. So and you know Austin Theory's also there. So uh, I wonder how long they're going to stretch this out for until they make the reveal of who's under the mask. Probably so. at War Games. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be continuing at War Games in some capacity. So uh, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then the main event: Tomasa Champa taking on Velveteen Dream. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, I just thought it was a great match. I mean, just Ciampa was just beating the snot out of uh, Velveteen Dream in this match. It was just brutal I, I, to watch. I love Ciampa's gear coming out. Yeah, I, so agree, I agree. What would you say? It was like a medieval like robot I, I, yeah. or cyborg or medieval mixture armor? of a cyborg. Yeah, yeah armor. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. And we kind of seen other masks. So it, it was, seems like it was, it's been evolving. Yeah, there's a lot of mad math, mad max masks going around. Try yeah. to say that five times fast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but this match I thought was great. I mean, come on, and I mean, Velveteen Dream, Tommaso Ciampa are two of uh, now at this point the veterans of NXT and that brand. So yeah. I mean, crap. You put the two of them together, you know they're going to deliver a great match there. So Ciampa with this great psychology, it's just tremendous. Yeah, and then he did get the victory. It was. Uh, Dream was trying to use a ch- or uh, use a chair. Yeah, uh, I like how he pushed the cameraman out of the way, <laughs> and then he went on top rope, and then he he jumped and missed, and he flipped, and his feet landed on the ropes, and Champa lifted him up to do his move, and then mm-hmm. yeah, it it was an interesting sequence right there. I, yeah. I enjoyed that, but I, I'll ask you guys this though: Has Velveteen Dream's stock have just drastically fallen? Yes. Like I was like, where does Dream go from here? Even Champa, like, where does he go from here? Like, well, Champa wants to stay in NXT from everything yeah. I've heard. Yeah, and from an, from because of his neck, like he just doesn't want to do Raw or SmackDown. Even though Raw or SmackDown are doing once a week as well, but if if and when they do return to more shows, he doesn't want to uh, uh, risk anything and and go with that schedule, work that type of schedule. Like NXT is his limit, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but Velveteen Dream, I was watching this, and it's like. He didn't have like a big entrance. He was in the ring when they came back from commercial. I noticed he's, that he's he's one of the best wrestlers in the entire company, yeah. and unfortunately, he's painted with 
uh, an unfair brush, even though the guy's been proven innocent from sexual misconduct uh, allegations, mm-hmm. uh, he's still guilty in the fans' uh, eyes. Which yeah. is not fair because the same thing happened to Jerry the King Lawler in the yeah. early 90s where Lawler had like a 13 or 14 year old girl say that she's that she slept with him. Oh, really? Yeah. And, I heard then, about this. and, and, it, and it got around like WWE let him or WWF at the time let him go. And then it came out later that the girl just didn't realize like she was saying it to be to brag like she knew him because she did his merch or something mm-hmm. and at, at a Memphis show. What? Right. So, really? Yeah. So uh, even though she came out later and said, no, I didn't realize this would get so big. Like, it was just something I said to my friends, like in the public's eyes, like to this day, I can I can post a photo of Jerry the King Lawler on my Instagram and I'll still get some smart mark that says, uh, oh, look, a pedophile. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I feel like dreams just has to stand tall and and move forward. Yeah, I just wonder how long he's going to kind of be in just this territory of just existing on the roster. Will he get another push at some point? He's just he's kind of in this gray area while everyone else is kind of has more defined plans it looks like. He's just kind of there. So well, it's I mean, if you look at it, it, things could just be on hold too right now because of Finn Balor's jaw injury. Yeah, so that too. like one of those two or both of them could have been vying for Finn Balor, and that's on the back burner right now. Yeah, and to NXT's credit, they are you know they're doing fine without Finn Balor having a presence there. I mean, luckily NXT has a big enough roster now; they have plenty of people to do their thing and fill up time, and you know keep the show moving along and being very interesting. So. Uh, hopefully Finn Balor comes out soon. I don't know. Have you guys heard anything of like possible return date? No. Uh, no. Okay. So we'll wait and see. Uh, I mean, NXT. I mean, there's a few other things. Oh, one thing I do want to ask you before I forget. I mean, we saw Timothy Thatcher do another segment. Oh, these are great. Yeah. Zia uh, Lee also, it looks like she made another challenge. Like she just needs to keep fighting. So, mm-hmm. uh, but one thing I do want to ask. So we saw Jake Atlas. Or actually, we saw Legado del Fantasma, the three of them walking to the performance center. And we see Jake Atlas pull up, beat up two of the guys, and stare at uh, Escobar, and then drives off. What do you think that's what's going on here? I have a theory, but I'm kind of wondering if either of you have any interpretation of that. Richard, do you think? I I think that's more so him showing him that that I can get to you. Okay. You know, like, 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 hey, just because you've got these guys with you doesn't mean that I can't get through them to get to you. Okay. That's All true. right. That's true. That's true. Um, my thinking is he he attacks the other two guys, but he never attacks Escobar. Do you think in a way he's trying to prove himself and wants to join the faction? No. You sure? Like, I mean, it'd be interesting. Like, maybe in a way he's like, listen, like, as you said, like, I can beat these two. I should be aligning myself with you. I just... I- I think he's still very new, and the way, when I look at him, I see like a babyface cruiserweight Jim, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I feel like Jake Atlas has nothing going on. Like he's extremely talented. We've seen him wrestle many times here in the Bay Area, but I just feel like they have nothing for him, and his character is so plain that there's nothing there. So I, I, I'm just trying to think of ways that they can use him 
to elevate him and give him like a stronger storyline. So uh, that's just one idea I had. So we'll see how it goes. If, if there's any more, uh, uh, what's next as far as this evolving story, I hope there's more to the story. So, all right, let's jump on over to Thursday for NXT UK, a uh, pretty basic show. I'll say this. Uh, I think, uh, well, one, it's the fallout from the Walter match against uh, Dragonoff, and that's how they started the show off. It's just like a highlight video, yeah. and and the and the, and the backstage area, Dragonoff was like, "Tom, you saw on the steps." He yeah, like, he was all just in pain and beat up. And listen, I know NXT UK as far as their returns only still what like a month and a half old, but the amount of like social media. Uh, coverage or people acknowledging that match has been amazing over the last week. So yeah. I think it's just really cool that Walter and Dragunov got a lot of attention for that matchup, and it just shows how great it was. Right. Um, so, I mean, just another reminder why you need to watch NXT UK every week. Yeah. Because you'll see great matches like that. Right. So I, I, I still kind of feel, Tommy, like this match... Mm-hmm. Or this episode of NXT UK. Yeah. I don't want to say no, it was necessarily like a filler episode, but mm-hmm. I think it was like a cooling off period. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Post-Walter match. But, you know, you still got to, you know, talk about the um, the Heritage Cup. You know, mm-hmm. they're in the semifinals right now. And in the main event, it was uh, Noam Dar versus A-Train. You know, A-Kid. The, A-Kid, I'm sorry. A-Kid. A-Train is... is- Hentai. Albert. 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 Yes. Yes. I got my A's mixed up, mixed, uh, mixed up here. That's coming from a Giants fan. He's not an Oakland A's fan. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, you know, this match was, uh, you know, these guys took it to the limit. Yeah. And, and uh, Nigel McGinnis was talk, uh, touching on how um, A Kid is more of a progressive style, while uh, Noam Dar is more classical in the sense, you know, more of a grappling kind of technical kind of style but you know these guys i thought you know you know noam dar was being you know the snobby little heel that he (laughs) was you know you know just doing dirty stuff to uh a kid during this match and um and you know in the end um uh a kid got the win he put him in the uh, gogo plata submission hole and made him tap out and it went the full six rounds six rounds so that's the first time in this tournament we got to see the full six rounds so a train a kid won two one in this uh, semifinal match, and he'll go on to face um, the winner of Trent and uh, the big dude. Yeah, I forgot his name. The though. heavy set guy. Yeah, the knockout. Yeah, it was a good uh, match. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw the opening match: uh, Gallus uh, defeating Sam Gradwell. Welcome him back after being out two years with that knee injury, right? And uh, pretty deadly. Which I, I'm digging that tag team, Richard. Like I was telling Tommy earlier, the, to me they look like members of the Lost Boys, like the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they have the long hair. Yeah, I mean, you know. you know, they got that '70s glam rock look too. You know, I always say, you know, so oh, I see pretty deadly. I just think of the movie The Lost Boys, but yeah, uh, good comparison. Uh, uh, so Gallus won here, uh, so it's good to see them. Uh, you know, two thirds of them are the NXT and uh, pretty tag. deadly's. Uh, is it pretty deadly? Their uh, third guy was um, caught. Oh, Sam, Sam Sam Gradwell. Gradwell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a question for you guys. Did you mm-hmm. see a, uh, a report that I don't know if I think they're keeping it quiet, but apparently Mako Satomura might be going to NXT UK. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh. glad you brought that up. I, I think I had that in my notes. Yeah, she uh, signed with them. Right. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So she uh, was in the May Young Classic, right? A couple years ago. Yeah, she was also in WCW. 
Yeah. Wow. So she's signed as a trainer slash uh, performer. Uh, and she's going to be reporting in the, or this month to NXT UK. So she's going to be, I guess, like help training, but also I think she will have some occasional matches. So yeah, no, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, no, that that was reported officially. So uh, she's I, I tremendous. That's going to be awesome. Tremendous. So it's interesting, like for her to work for NXT UK uh, versus maybe coming to NXT in well, Florida or something like that. If you if you look her up on YouTube, she's she's worked in progress and and what okay. culture and like right. she she's got a lot of history with the uk okay got gotcha. to okay, watch cool. more uh, tape on her matches yeah but i mean she's from uh japan right japan yes. yeah, yeah so and that's very cool uh uh also uh Janie defeated alaya james alia james alia james alia james yeah um she's a young up-and-coming talent and then uh piper niven came out mm-hmm. beat up jenny mm-hmm. and then we saw uh uh it was Alice, kaylee ray kaylee ray <laughs> uh, the nxt uk women's champion yeah and they challenged and it looks like uh they're gonna have a fight pretty soon yeah and k and uh piper niven was <laughs> going after kaylee ray in the back and so uh no I, and and also uh the they were uh the the new signee they got as um mm. rampage brown they yeah. were uh, showing him backstage at the uh performance center area there and uh just you know showing him around you know so it looks like yeah, rampage brown will have a matchup pretty soon and i also enjoyed uh, eddie dennis's message to andrews and webster he had the hunt with them and he's like the, pretty much the, the slender man yeah <laughs> he's really skinny he's, he's an odd fella <laughs> but, he's, uh, well, he, it's weird he's like cesaro like he's just tall and lanky but like there's muscle there because i've seen mm-hmm. i've seen uh eddie dennis do some like stuff that you wouldn't think he'd be able to do based off of his size but mm-hmm I, I mean, I'm not comparing his strength to Cesaro. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. So, but I, I was just gonna say, I, I, it was cool. Like he has the hunt. They had their mask on Tommy. And they were what? Grou- they had their. You have to watch. They were gr- the mask. The what? What are they called? The hunt. The hunt. Oh, the hunt. Uh oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. The hunt. H U N T. Yeah, yeah. Not That's what you, I said. Not see you next Tuesday. Danny, come on. <laughs> so, but I like their. He's like he. he they're like his animals, right? He's the master, the owner, and they're like his animals to to prey on whoever he tells them to. So that was kind of cool. They had their mask on. They were like growling and barking. So mm-hmm. very cool promo. So uh, yeah, see how that goes out. But yeah, no solid episode of NXT UK. It definitely had more of like a filler vibe. Uh, I mean, like you said, it, it, I think it's a cool off period post uh, that Walter match. So if you haven't watched it yet. Go watch that Walter Dragunov match. You got to jump on the bandwagon and enjoy uh, that match. And Richard, real quick, I mean, you for Sasha and Bailey's match at Hell in a Cell, you said, okay, we know WWE can't use. I mean, they're not supposed to, you know, bleed in a match, but you can make up for that by being violent mm-hmm. and use weapons. And that's something I, I didn't get to mention last week. That Walter match against Dragunov, there was no blood. I mean, at the very end, Dragunov was spitting up some blood, you know, mm-hmm. after the match. But, Legitimately. Yeah, but yeah. that match, it was amazing. It was just hard hitting. And, you know, they're slapping each other and beating the crap out of each other. But they weren't using weapons. They weren't bleeding or blading in that match. But it was still very violent, hard hitting. And that's something I wanted to mention just real quick. So if you haven't done so, watch it. Like I said, people were, some people were talking about that match still. So it was awesome. So yeah, it was violent. Yeah, very much so. So uh, NXT UK, 
uh, still doing great things in their, uh, quote, restart period for them. Uh, last but not least, let's jump into Friday Night Smackdown. Um, an episode was uh, going into the episode. I, I was reading reports that they were anticipating that you know, being on Fox that they might have some breaking news with the presidential election because they were still counting votes in the various states. And if there was going to be any sort of announcement Friday night, now we all know, looking back, you know, it happened Saturday morning, but Friday night they were anticipating if there was going to be any breaking news that Fox would cut to the news and cut off SmackDown. So I think for me, I kind of want to tune in and see if something was going to happen or like would something major happen on the show and it gets like sent over to FS1 or something like that. So that was kind of my interest tuning in on Friday this week. Um, but yeah, just Richard, kind of just any initial thoughts for uh, SmackDown this week? I thought SmackDown was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, I didn't dislike anything on it. There was, there was certain things that stole the show for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> that that Sasha Bailey match was damn good. Yeah, uh, Billy Kay was funny as hell. <laughs> uh, I loved. Yeah. I I don't know if you you caught this, but I thought this was the smartest thing I saw in wrestling this week. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, three way match with Zelina Vega, Ruby mm-hmm. Riot, oh, yeah. and Natalia, and when they both had their finishers on Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Ruby Riot had Zelina's hand trapped under her leg, and the second Natalia got up, mm-hmm. she lifted Ruby lifted her own leg to give uh, Zelina a chance to tap out, and mm-hmm. it was right. just like, oh, that was that was just so smart. That the was detail, smooth. yeah, the detail right there was amazing. I'm with that, you. That was on par with last year's a pre-SummerSlam. They did something where it was someone from Raw, someone from SmackDown, someone from NXT mm-hmm. and Rhea Ripley got a pin on Charlotte when yeah. Charlotte had the figure eight in. Yep. Yep. Good yeah. point. No, that's yeah. very true. I love that. Uh, so yeah, let's jump, jump into the Sasha Banks Bailey match. So the story here was from the fallout from hell in a cell. Bailey was telling Sasha, yeah, sure. You're, you're the champion now, but you can never retain it. You always lose. So very much like Johnny Gargano that we mentioned a second ago, Bailey wins a title, but always drops it very quick. She has short title reigns because she can never beat anyone. So she's like, let's go have a rematch and I'll, I'll get my title back. So that was the main narrative going to this match. And dude, this match was awesome for a, for a random Friday night opening match. opening match. Dude, what a banger that was. <laughs> and like, I, uh, I'll say this. I was talking off the air to you guys. Like AEW, their women's division would love to have a match like that on a pay per view status, a uh, pay per view quality match like that. And, and WWE delivers that on a Friday night opening match. So I was blown away how great that was. Um, the, the intensity, it was like, you know, about a little over 20 minutes, but just the intensity that they were going back and forth and, they were going like 100 100 miles an hour the whole time and not stopping. I, I love it. So kudos to all of them. You know, it's interesting, too. And, and this this shows you just how good they are, is that there's only two sports that women can sell out an arena. Like, I know this, this is mm. no seats, but tennis and wrestling. <laughs> like, that's how good these women are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and listen. You know, SmackDown has some uh, very uh, awesome people on the roster. I mean, Bianca Belair, I think, is is going to be waiting next. Um, 
Natty, obviously just a legend in her own right. Um, but, uh, uh, but there's some other people. I mean, like, I just feel what I'm getting at is Bailey and Sasha are at a whole new level as far as performing goes. Their skills is just amazing. I, I love this. I mean, I know they say this all the time, but fight forever. Like, I could watch them go at it all night long. So I, I feel very strongly that I know we're, we'd never get it just based off of, and, and, and it's, and it's correct if you think about it, but Vince McMahon likes different tastes or flavors of ice cream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that they need to start doing at least two or three pay-per-views a year that are evolution pay-per-views. Mm, yeah. Because they're, uh, you you could easily have Raw or SmackDown be just the women. Yeah. And it will be good. But you'll get tired of it after a while just because it's it's the same. It's, or it's limiting. It's all women. It's, yeah, it's yeah. limiting. Yeah, you're going to get the best matches of the week on that show. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I hear you. But I, I, I do think that they need to reconsider that because uh, Evolution was so, so good. I mean, yeah. when that, I watched it live. I watched it right after, and I think I watched it two or three days after. Oh, really? And, and this is this is so good. Mm-hmm. Bailey and Sasha that it's like, this. why isn't this headlining a pay-per-view? Yeah. I, and and just, not they, just a pay-per-view, but an all-women's pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I totally agree. I mean, they're just so – There's both of them are so talented. Their chemistry together is amazing. The moves that like, they were doing here was awesome. The spots, it was, it was great. We, we can sit here and debate from a personal standpoint mm-hmm. what the best era of wrestling is, right? Mm. We can or, – or, or male roster, whatever. Yeah. WWE, yeah, yeah. Attitude Era, New Era, 80s, WCW, yeah. ECW, yeah. AEW. Right now, I don't think there's any debate that this is the best women's wrestling in the world Absolutely. at any point in time. Absolutely. Th- this time period, we're very lucky to watch it live as it happens. And, uh, you know, congrats to all of them involved. I mean, the last five years, I want to say, has been just tremendous. It- it's been so entertaining. And um, I think for Sasha Banks, so she was walking up the ramp celebrating. Carmella finally returns, does a super Ooh. kick on her. What'd you think? What, yeah, what'd you think of Carmella's uh, red outfit? I thought it was very hot. <laughs> I was like, it kind of looks like Liv Morgan's outfit, but red. Yeah. Right? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. I was into that. Lady uh, and Likey. Was it, Tommy? I said me likey. Oh. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you saw, guys saw the meme, like comparing it to Sean Connery, like that one movie he did. Or he had, like, oh, the, Zardoz. <laughs> Yeah. So they were saying, like, was that her tribute to Sean Connery? I was like, no, no, it's not. Could but, be. <laughs> but but it's funny, like Corey Graves, like we all know, real talk, they go out the, the their boyfriend girlfriend, uh, like he was kind of quiet, and then like when Michael Cole turns to him, he's like, he was just like, yeah, I can't wait to see what she does next. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he, you know, he, he's trying to. I think stay in character, but you know, he loved it. That whole segment. So it looks like Carmela and Sasha Banks, that's going to be the new program. Um, probably post survivor series. Cause she has to worry about Oscar right now for survivor series, yeah. uh, for Bailey. I think next for Bailey, her and Bianca Belair should be next. The two of them. Mm, I like that. Right. I mean, dude, that can take you Con- through, contrast through this- of styles. You've got yeah. someone that, that, you know, was known in NXT for helping out the up and coming women. Yeah, but that that can take away take you through December. The two of them after Survivor Series, and you can build up to Royal Rumble. I mean, like, boom, that's it right there. Uh, but yeah, from specifically the women's division, uh, Billy Kay, like, dude, she's getting more TV time than Peyton Royce on Raw. 
Yep. Because she's got more character. I told you this. Yes. I told you this on this podcast like yes. two, three, four weeks ago. Yep. Like I, I just I knew it with her. Like I get it. Like she's she's not as good in the ring as as Peyton. Uh, Peyton, but she's she is very good in the ring, and she's got way more character. Like there's those WWE. Uh, uh, YouTube page or on their YouTube page, they've got these clips of just all the times she's been in the back going, "You gotta be joking me!" Yes. And, and it's hilarious, and it's yeah. got like millions of views. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, no, so I, 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 her and the Street Profits and Biggie, that whole segment was I loved very it. funny. Yeah, did you notice Biggie's sweater? Yeah, what was it like a Mister Rogers? It was like- Texas Chainsaw Massacre on like a Mister Rogers uh, oh. sweater. I was like, why is he wearing a sweater playing a game on the ground? What game yeah. was he playing? I don't know. It was like it looked like Trivial Pursuit or Parcheesy or, like, I don't know, or but, no, no. Uh, no, very fun, very fun segment there. Uh, I just want to touch brought, on she brought a resume <laughs> and her headshot both together back to <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Like, together. Um, I just want to touch on real quick Roman Reigns and the continuation of the story with him and Jay Uso. Uh, so uh, we see Jay Uso in the back, Kevin Owens and him. Like he looks like Jay's getting coffee. Kevin's like, "Oh, Roman should be pouring his own coffee." So he's just assuming that coffee was for Roman and not for just Jay himself. Jay kind of being paranoid. It's like, "What are you talking about? You making jokes?" Like I, they're going back and forth, and he's like, "He has an interview coming up." He goes through the interview as we mentioned earlier. Kayla was just kind of questioning him on his actions. Uh, Paul Heyman comes. And it's like your cousin needs to see you. The segment outside the Roman's office, pretty much saying like, "You don't do interviews unless you get my permission." And I was like, "Whoa!" And Jay's like, "Really? Like I can't do this? Like I'm like I'm a grown ass man." I'm paraphrasing, but it's like I can't be doing this. I love this. And one, Richard, you brought up last week, like okay, because they were kind of little at the point of like overdoing it in the ring as far as the drama. It flipped this week. This week, I like it. It was kind of a little bit more of a minimum in segments throughout the night. And I'm cool with that. That way you're not overdoing it in one particular segment. But my reaction to this whole thing was like, Roman Reigns is coming off kind of like a, like a, a criminal mob boss. Yeah. Like He's a shot like, caller. Like Tony Soprano says, yeah. those who give respect. Or those who who want respect give respect. Yeah, so I like that he's like telling Jay, it's like, okay, you work for me more or less. Like you're you fall in line to me. You got to get my permission. If I'm not around, you get Paul Heyman's permission. There's so, an order. Yeah, like a pecking order of things. And so I dig this. Like Roman, like you know, as far I mean, this is obviously in WWE's bubble, their universe of storytelling, but you can apply everything that they're doing here to like the Godfather or something. So I love this. So I think this is a great now new story as far as the coming weeks. We'll see Jay try to balance being his own person, his own identity, but trying to please his cousin who's in charge of ultimately his lifestyle. And so I'm all for this. I, I was digging this very much. So it's going to be very interesting about that. So I, I he's, he's humbled himself. And yeah. it, it, you know, it's like it's it went so personal with the two of them. And it's like there's no retiring from this because this is family. Yeah. So like, it's like you you can take my career. But like even after my career, you're still with me. 
Yeah. So, dude, this is great. I'm like, I'm, I'm digging this. And now you think about the next layer is when his brother comes back and how's that going to play into a factor? Like, what's going to happen? Like, Jay eventually is going to, I think, probably embrace it even more. Like, he'll go to the dark side and fully maybe embrace Roman, we would assume. And then maybe his job next is to convert his brother, too. So, that's a whole nother layer that's due well, and up. And it's at not some like point. he can say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Dude, I I'm digging this. It, it's the character development of Jay right now, he's torn. Like he yeah. wants to be He doesn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we've seen this in various movies and whatnot, storytelling. So it's great. Um just real quick, we saw uh, uh King Corbin defeat Rey Mysterio. He's now part of Team SmackDown. Seth Rollins defeated Otis, and he's that, also part of Survivor Series team. That was surprisingly good. Really? You thought so? Yeah. O- Otis and Seth Rollins. Yeah, I don't was... know. I, I I like seeing Otis on his own. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not built like anybody else, like size aside. Like, he's a shorter guy, but he's really stocky. He looked – he's clearly super powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm liking it. Yeah, I like I him agree. on his own, uh, and look what forward think, to more like this. What Tommy or Richard? What do you guys think of his new theme song, like "Working Man"? Or eh. it's it it amusing. It's, it's very eighties. I loved it. Yeah, like very montage esque type music soundtrack. You know, yeah, so his his, his like oh, his dancing Which, was what made it. By the way, real quick, I love Kevin Owens wearing a Dusty Rhodes shirt. Yeah, that was nice. Earlier in the night, uh, you know, when he was talking to Jay, I thought that was pretty cool. It was like a cool Dusty Road shirt. So, what, yeah. what do you make of him wearing pants now? He wore, I see, okay, the last oh, couple yeah. weeks he was wearing pants, but this week he was back to wearing shorts. Yeah, just Kevin Owens. That. Yeah, so Kevin Owens this week had the red KO shirt and back wearing shorts. But no, I, I kind of prefer the shorts. I do yeah. too. I don't, I don't like the, the it's pants. It's his signature look. Yeah, like, because originally he had the pants on Raw when he took an Aleister Black in that hardcore or no DQ match. Right. So it made sense, like a street fight, like wear pants, like an extra layer of protection. Right. But, and then he kept that look going for a while on SmackDown when he got drafted over. But now it's back to the shorts. I'm like, good, stay there. Yeah. Just stay as you are. Dude, don't touch it. Yeah. So, uh, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Exactly. Uh, one last thing, I guess, is the Lars Sullivan interview with oh, uh, Michael Cole. Good Lord. I mean, he more or less said he was tired of getting bullied, so he started working out. Then he became the bully and beat up the other bullies. It reminded me of like... Um, uh, Mick Foley's interview with Jr. You know when he was Mankind. You know that type of s- upbringing, his story. You know how he was raised, and you know that whole. S- Do you I mean, remember Michael, this? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. And he's pulling out his hair, and yeah. And at the end, he attacked Jr. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gave him. And he's the doing the pig call. squeals. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But all I mean, Mike, Michael Cole's had these for for a long time. I mean. Going back to Heidenreich. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Oh, God. I was going to say. But, but but, I mean, remember, for a while, weekly, he had interviews that were on uh, mm WWE.com. And they were exclusive to WWE.com. But it got so much traction on the website that they started putting it on the show. So every week on the show, he'd be interviewing Triple H and Stephanie and Vince and. Yeah. You know, whoever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I thought it was great. I mean, like, as far as I'm I'm talking about, excuse me, uh, Lars Sullivan, I I, like the segment itself. It was kind of cringy as far as like he was like a lot of heavy breathing. 
flexing his pecs during it. I mean, like, who told him, you got to do this interview with no shirt on? You sit there with yeah. no shirt, yeah. and you're doing heavy breathing, and then the scream, the, ah! <laughs> like, I, I was just kind of laughing, like, what the hell? What the, yeah, what's going on? I mean, I like I said last week, I guess they're trying to maybe make him a little more humanized as far as he was a victim originally, and that turned him into this big, bad, evil person. So you guys somewhat sympathize with yeah. him. Yeah. And look, look, I'm I know I'm in the minority, but I, I like Lars Sullivan. You know, like I the guy's got a, a freak look. Yeah. He's a he's a freak athlete. Freak. Freak, freak, freak. So. There's no I mean, there really is nobody else like him. And I don't I I can't recall seeing it someone else that looked yeah. like him. Yeah, I, I would say he's like kind of like the last of the dying breed of these big monster kind of heel types, but that has that old school look with the tights and the boots and all that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like his when we first saw him. Even when we all saw him in person in San Jose with yeah. NXT. It was when like he wrestled Keith Lee. Dude, this is awesome. Like he has like that old school '80s big monster, '70s, look. '60s, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, territory he's type wrestler, look. timeless look. He's kind yeah. of like a like Ox Walter. Baker, Ox Baker, or. Uh, George the Animal Steel. Yeah. And, and I think that's why Vince probably is high up on, on him. And, and, and he's King give, Kong Bundy. He's too. giving him that push right now since he's been back from injury. So, you know, listen, we all know at the end of the day, WWE is an audience of one, Vince McMahon. So yeah. if you're on his you know good side, he'll push you. Like, look at Otis. Now, I feel kind of bad for Otis, going back to him real quick. Lost his partner. Lost the money in the bank. It's like, what's next for him now? And that's something I think everyone should keep their eye on. Like, what's there, next for Otis? Yeah, yeah. Keep your eye on that. But there's also a story to be told there somewhere down the line where he is going to go a serious route because he yeah. is he is an uh, an amateur wrestler. Yeah, mm-hmm. legitimately. Yeah, and can turn that on. It's the same thing with Biggie. Yeah, like Biggie was comedy for how long? Mm, and yeah. now now he's getting his his shot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at Kofi. God, his story, what, was over 10 years, 11 years for... Yep. So, you know, mm-hmm. you never know when someone... He'll get his push. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, one last thing I just want to ask. Okay, here we are. Team Raw, Team SmackDown. Five on five. So far, we got four spots determined for each side. Early <laughs> predictions, who you think might win this? I mean, I Team think, Raw's big guys. Raw is going to wipe the floor with SmackDown. I agree. In terms of their men's team, and I think SmackDown is going to wipe the floor with the women's team. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I, I would not be surprised if Bailey joins Team SmackDown. Well, and that was something we didn't even talk about for Raw this week, was how oh. Shayna and Nia basically took it into their own hands to bully the other members of the team and beat them up. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Once again, another table spot. And I I wanted to say this. I think that Lana did an excellent job in her role with the match with Nia in terms of that was all set up to get sympathy for Lana. And I think she played that off brilliantly. Yep. Like, like the segment backstage, the promo. Anyone that's yeah. been in a real fight knows that like you'll put your leg up in defense, like back off. And that's what she was doing. It wasn't like a wrestling thing where she's going to take the abuse. Like she's trying not to get hit like a real person would. Mm-hmm. She's begging off. I think I think she's going to be a surprise in that Survivor Series match, but I still don't think they're going to win it. Yeah, I, I think she's going to have a strong showing there, and I think they're trying to make her a baby face. 
yeah. in, in some this whole odd way of doing it. But I think that's ultimately the end game. So, yeah, I think Raw is going to crush them. They have all the big guys and, and AJ Styles and yeah. Jordan or they just they don't call him Jordan yet. They call him just the guy or that guy that comes out with AJ Styles, his bodyguard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jason uh, Jordan. <laughs> is it Jordan? Right. Is it Jordan? His name? No, no. The big dude, the big guy that comes out with, with AJ Styles. The seven I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> he doesn't have a name right now. Apparently, he's like 7'3". But yeah. anyway, I'm looking forward to Spire Series. It's going to be uh, coming up in a couple weeks. And uh, I love this I, I love this time of the year. I love Survivor Series. Maybe at some point, maybe next episode. I think it's going to be a fun Survivor Series. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we, we can maybe share some of our favorite Survivor Series moments next year. Or next next year. Next weekend or something like that. Next yeah. year. Next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next year. Which, uh, by the way, I think how many times has Survivor Series, this is just a random trivia question, Oh, I'm already giving the answer away on the video, but how many times has Survivor Series did not actually have a traditional four on four or five on five match? Um, I think I know the answer. I just want to double check if you guys knew. Uh, two or three? I think it's. I, two. I can't remember many. Oh no, there was that. Little... Remember when The Rock won? The, the it was like a the a, a tournament for the championship and Big Boss Man kept coming out. Oh, that was wow. great. Was the, that 98, 99? Uh, 99. That was 98. No, that was 98. 98. Big Boss Man kept coming big, out. That That's where they did the, um, uh, what, what's the Kevin uh, Baker, or not Kevin, Kevin Spacey movie? Uh, seven. Uh, oh, no. Wait, no, seven? The, oh, Usual the other Suspects. One. The usual usual suspects. suspects. They did the Usual Suspects thing. Yeah. Because, right. like, Boss Man tosses the nightstick and Rock catches it. Yeah, and it was all a ploy the whole time. Yeah, he was in on it the whole time, and oh, Rock joined Vince yeah. McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one was in the early two thousands, right when they had the Elimination Chamber instead. Oh yeah, I think mm. if I remember correctly, like the debut of the Elimination Chamber. I I just I I remember hearing that stat recently, and I was like, oh really? So I'll double check. If you're listening right now, email us in the click at gmail dot com if we're or, right or, or call wrong. the hotline. Call the hotline one nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> Dude, I actually do have a phone number uh, through Google, and I haven't used it. And I got to use it because Google said you got to use this number. Or we're going to take it back. So, I got, so maybe if we want to, maybe set up a, a voicemail system where people can call us and we can answer. Can, can you voicemails. choose the number? Is this like LifeWire? <laughs> <laughs> Where people just call in and just chime in what they got to say. Uh, <laughs> Richard, answer your question. They uh, they generated the number. I wish well, we could pick it. <laughs> I don't have a poor landline here. Yeah, so I would uh, like one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred, please. Remember, it was a ten ten three two one. Oh yeah, ten ten three two one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Attention, hotline fans. Yeah. Oh, one eight hundred collect. Oh man, man, man those were those commercials were nonstop. Man. Yeah, I hear ya. Uh, on that note, we're having way too much fun. We should call it a night. So, on that note, let's wrap it up. Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? Nowhere. Uh, you can That'll find work. me at Pro Wrestling One Hundred and One on Instagram and give my King of the Deathmatch tournament a watch. Dude, I started watching that oh, earlier. Yeah. That was awesome. You I, want to hear a story? I remember my old buddy, Matt, sent me the tape of that yeah. match. Like yeah. t- over 20 years ago. Yeah. And we watched wow. it together. Big Matt? Big Matt. Yeah, yeah, from high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Big Matt Warnick if you're listening. You know, <laughs> He's right down the street. Let's go yeah, he lives. Him. Yeah. Go outside and yell. <laughs> Matt! The death match time! <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he but, was the one that introduced me to that match. I didn't realize, Richard, I was like under 15 minutes. Yeah. I was like, damn, because I mean, they show highlights of that for years. And I was like, what? It's only 15. Well, I mean, I I did some editing oh, because okay. there's like there's like five more minutes after the match where okay. he's holding up the trophy. So I just I just pieced it together and I cut out the bit, the opening, which so okay. I got it bell to bell. I, God, I know. I know we're running long here, but um, maybe we'll save this for another time. Just no, no, the, 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 the history of, of Terry Funk. Like, listen, <laughs> like, no, and, and, and like you said, this is a whole another topic. Like, I'm really fascinated by Terry Funk's history in wrestling. As far as when I, you know, Tommy and I really watched him, you know, going back to Chainsaw Charlie and all that's the 90s. That was but, such yeah. the latter part of his career. <laughs> I didn't realize how much of him in the past. Because, like, I see, like, lately a lot of Instagram posts, you know, of him just wearing, like, tights. And, you know, he's very plain looking. yeah. yeah. When he but was when, when, before he was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like and that's like what in the seventies, I'm guessing. So so here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Like when did so, he become like this deathmatch person when he was just so, more of a, a traditional wrestler? I remember my introduction to Terry Funk is WWF and the Attitude Era. Yes. Yeah. And then I remember him in WCW. Okay. And then when those went away and I started buying DVDs, I okay. remember like just about everything I would buy would have Terry Funk on it because it was like uh 3PW, which was in the ECW arena, was this company owned by the Blue Meanie, and Terry yeah. Funk was always on those. Yeah. And I just kept seeing him, and then I, I buy the XPW DVDs, okay. which was a mistake, but... Uh, <laughs> um, and I just remember, like, after a while, I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, he looks like a like a, a homeless person that lives at the train tracks. Yeah! And, and then, like, it became funny to me because he's like flail his arms like a like yeah a like, crazy old know, man like a crazy old man and then like you start finding these little things here and there from WCW and the NWA yes and yeah so so Terry was always kind of crazy like he was kind of like Dick Murdoch where he would do silly things from time to time in the ring yeah he he has his he goes to Memphis. It yeah. has that crazy empty arena match with Lawler, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. and disappears from wrestling for a little while, comes mm-hmm. back, basically him as a heel. Yeah. And then in his late 40s, he starts doing moonsaults. Yeah. And, yeah. and going over to Japan to do these death matches. Mm-hmm. And because like the why? hardcore, like, because they paid him a shitload of money. That's okay. why he keeps coming out of retirement too, is because they keep yeah. offering him more money. I, like, I didn't realize he's almost eighty now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's he turns seventy eight. Terry Funk, Dory Funk, and Ric Flair are the only three traveling world champions alive. No. Yes. Yeah, seventy six. I might have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like I'm amazed. So like I said, I I I would love to have this discussion. I, I I listen. I know every week we break down Raw, SmackDown, NXT, blah blah blah, all that. I would love to have more like open form conversations about wrestling. So maybe yeah. we should save this for another time. Right. But just like I'm always amazed because like I forgot where I saw it, but like you know the power of Instagram and Twitter. Like I've he, seen lately, he became he became a hardcore wrestling god in the '90s. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. Is like. I see all well, these posts it, recently it, of Terry Funk in the past, and he's like he looks more like a traditional wrestler from the seventies and eighties. And but it's like I was like, how did he transfer from that to like the crazy old man hardcore legend? His, so it's his like, knees, his knees started to give out on him, and uh, he figured if if I could uh, introduce violence, 
then I don't have to do some of the other crazy. It, like if you go back and watch WrestleMania two with the funks against uh, Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog, yeah. Terry is bumping like Mister Perfect in there, but like yeah. falling face first and on his knees and oh yeah, yeah. Um, so he just did a lot of damage to his both of his knees. And he had to change his style. Like Daniel Bryan now has to change his style from mm-hmm. from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So listen, uh, uh, I, I told you guys this before. So you know, Evan, one of the creators of Dark Side of the Ring, you know, his favorite wrestler is Terry Funk as well. So maybe we could have like an open forum chat with him. Like maybe one day I'll, I'll text him and see if he wants to come on, and we can just talk about Terry Funk. Like get Terry Funk on. Yeah, I would love to get Terry Funk on. I mean, he's supposedly on Twitter I, now. Like yeah, I got I got a contact. Okay, like I I just it's just mind-boggling to me just like you said power forever. So, but like but forever. that forever. That instant right there. That was what 83? 83 in all Japan. So think about it. Still like 10 over 10 plus years later, he becomes this like hardcore legend. When back then that first retirement, he was more of just your just a legendary wrestler. So yeah. anyway, it's just like it, it I just, loved watching him in ECW, and I remember him from WCW back in like ninety ninety one. Yeah, you know? I mean with Ric Flair and the the uh, plastic bag, all that stuff. Yeah, so, Sab- Sabu uh, barbed wire match. Yeah, yeah. all that. So. I've got and- I've got one that I don't know why it hasn't become more of an online thing, but basically Terry is wrestling Shane Douglas in this is like two thousand three or four, mm-hmm. and they go outside the ECW arena. And Shane breaks a legitimate beer bottle over Funk, and it cuts open his his forearm, oh, and wow. basically his forearm starts coming out Ooh. of the skin, oh. and it's terrible. Wow! Mm. But Terry finishes the match, so because yeah. he's middle aged and crazy. No, he's elderly at that point and crazy. Yeah, man. But no, so, we should do some roundtable discussions. Yeah, we I'm all for this. that. I, I think, this. you know, luckily now with my setup here, we're able, I think, to get multiple people on now. So it should be a lot of fun. So, all right. You uh, you plugged yourself. Tommy, where can all the clicksters find you online as well? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. Um, Baby Huey, follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official. Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83 And like I said, please subscribe to In The Click, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because he, we said so.